if a guy has been jerking off to Pornhub for like eight years before he ever sees a real woman in bed, like he's not used to paying attention to the same image for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 10 minutes even. So obviously he's going to have some problems. And like we can get into that later if you want. But like, you know, like training the mind is like a pretty fundamental, almost meditative thing to just be able to train your mind to focus on one thing. Welcome to the Attractive Man Podcast, where we help men become better men. In these episodes, you'll discover how to improve your dating and relationships, how to break through your mental limits that are holding you back, and how to move through life with confidence and purpose. I'm your host, Matt Artisan. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Attractive Man Podcast. Today, I'm really excited because I'm with both Jules Bia, one of our expert coaches at the Attractive Man, as well as special guest Ruan, who specializes in helping men become their most true attractive masculine self and was a libido columnist in psychology today. And so we're going to talk about how to reclaim your masculine instinctual power as a man and become more grounded and present in both dating and sex and thus becoming your most attractive self. So let's dive right in. How's it going, man? Good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you, man. So before we get into the arousal stuff, which I'm sure everybody's excited to hear, including myself, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see men having in terms of masculinity, dating, relationships, etc.? The biggest thing I think that covers both sex stuff and dating stuff and life stuff is dudes, and I think people across the board have the worst attention spans in history. I mean, uh, basic sex skills, you need a good attention span to get anything done. Basic creative skills, basic life skills, um, whatever it is, but like, you know, internet, pornography is a huge thing. Even just like YouTube, if you see a little kid with YouTube, you see like his attention span has shrunken. And if, if there's anything that I think men are lacking now compared to before, it can be seen in the attention span because that's our raw material for doing anything with our minds. So um, yeah, there's obvious applications in the bedroom and, and dating and life. It's kind of like we all want the quick reward in a sense, right? We want that like instant gratification and we see so many ads everywhere and our, yeah, our attention is... It's an absolute mess, the modern day we live in. Um, I mean, I, I was listening to this uh, podcast about a month ago talking about how uh, Google and Apple actually somehow program the phones to almost hypnotize you to get you addicted but not just yeah. with the notifications but it's taking this like um, it's taking this bio data or something I can't remember the name but it's taking this data so they can actually they have all of our data charted out of our attention span our emotions and stuff somehow it can sense your emotions it was really creepy and it's literally designed to just make you a numbed out slave. Um, yeah, because they have your attention, they can sell you shit, they can put ideas in your head, whatever. I mean, it's usually for money. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, modern guy, especially a younger guy, his attention is pulled in 500 different directions before 10 a.m. Like, how could he possibly pay attention to a woman well enough to pick up on her micro expressions? Like, how could you do that if you're constantly scrolling to the next dopamine hit on your phone. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Swipe, 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 basically. Yeah, just give them Ritalin, problem solved. <laughs> yeah, and you think about like guys in the bedroom, like if a guy has been jerking off to Pornhub 
for like eight years before he ever sees a real woman in bed. Like he's not used to paying attention to the same image for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 10 minutes even. So obviously he's going to have some problems and like we can get into that later if you want, but like, you know, like training the mind, it's like a pretty fundamental, almost meditative thing to just be able to train your mind to focus on one thing and everything gets better. And I will say for men, especially like, having a focused attention is kind of the point of like masculine consciousness, if you will, like women can be all floaty and follow their emotions left and right. But like, if you're if you're the masculine pole in a relationship, whether it's sexual or not, it's kind of your job to keep shit on point. And if you're not doing that, you're kind of like a waste, like you're kind of a waste of space. Like what do you, a woman can date another woman if she wants to date another person with a, you know, who bounces around. So yeah, it ties to a lot of things. Right. Women have what I've heard is called diffuse awareness, where they're focusing on everything, right? They have to focus on the baby crying and cooking dinner and, you know, doing the laundry all at the same time. Whereas we're very single focused. We see the tiger and we got to kill the tiger. But if we see a squirrel, we don't be like, oh, squirrel, uh, get distracted. Right. So that's kind of like what's happening now with masculinity. We're not focused on conquering in a sense. We're distracted and, and now we're not achieving goals or, or conquering, so to speak. And this is biologically rooted, like if you inject testosterone, there's studies that show this, if you inject testosterone into a man, woman or child, they will have a more, they will have a greater attention span in, in some ways. They'll actually, their diffuse attention will get worse, which is the whole idea of like when a guy's watching football, he literally can't hear his girlfriend asking him to do shit. Like that's like, Testosterone actually affects you. You inject testosterone to a woman, she'll act the same way. Like this is the point of masculinity for humanity. So like it is, yeah, if you have a, a low attention span, a weak attention span, you are kind of less of a man in some ways. And, and on top of that, I mean, even meeting and courting women, you have to have such a powerful focus on them to even feel and create that tension too, right? If you're if you if your attention's everywhere, you can't even feel those little subtle energetic shifts in your body to actually be able to play with her, um, and and kind of like steer the ship where you want it to go. And it's even in my own personal experience in studying this kind of stuff that you teach as well for for many years now too. I notice when I'm having sex, um, I would do experiments like actually focusing on her having an orgasm, imagining her having an orgasm, keeping that really sharp in my mind and noticing that her moaning gets louder and her pleasure increases and then switching it off, right? And noticing that it actually starts dying down. It's not that there's no pleasure, but you can notice a very distinct difference when you're not focusing on her pleasure. Um, and that's, totally. that's what I learned that sex is all about is, is focusing on her pleasure. I mean, we get... As a man, as men, we get our our rocks off by our performance, right? So, Ruan, it sounds like this lack of focus plays out in pretty much every aspect of dating and the relationship. So, like Julian was saying, in the bedroom, that's pretty obvious. But even when a guy approaches a woman, I mean, I've seen our students sometimes approaching and then they're like distracted by the people around them and they're like, hey, I just saw you here and they're, you know, a mess. Of course, on the date, same thing. If you're not focused on her and you're distracted by what's going on around you or your phone or whatever's happening in the environment, probably not going to be a great date. Yeah, if, if you're paying attention just to how she might think of you, then again, like you're saying, you're going to miss out on 
the moment that she wants you to kiss her and she's just like subtly giving that signal off. If you're not paying attention, you're not going to see it. It's not like she gives you a, a sign or a letter that says kiss me now. Like you have to pay attention. So like, and yeah, I mean, I, I think this applies to everything. A lot of sexual principles can be brought out of the bedroom because you could think of this like in creativity or business, like you got to pay attention to those critical moments. So yeah. Versus being up in their head, they're paying, maybe paying attention to that monkey chatter in their brain. What do I say next? What do I do? Those kind of things. So what is, what is the solution or what are some things that you've found that helps men overcome that obstacle? Yeah, so I mean any high attention span exercise where you're focusing on one thing will help. The thing is like what's the best one? There's like a lot of ways to lift weights. There's a lot of ways to train this skill or this, this muscle if you will. Um, I mean, this kind of relates to the sexual stuff. I think the best meditative uh, practices do involve feeling good, uh, do involve other people. It's like um, a lot of my training in sexuality came from like literally for hours on I'm pleasuring women. And then there's obviously a, a sexual skill, but the benefit I really got from that was an attention span benefit in that like for me to pay attention to those like minute changes in her body or like in her needs I had to really get out of my head and focus on her and um and this like if you're sitting and meditating on a rock you can start thinking about whatever bullshit and no one's going to notice but if you are touching a woman's body and then you start thinking about football or something or like your taxes or your worries or what she thinks of you she'll know and she'll get pissed off if she's honest like she'll feel shitty she'll give you that negative feedback so it's almost a way to i mean i think the pursuit of being a great lover has so many benefits that have nothing to do with women and this is one of them like i learned how to increase my attention span in the presence of women who would give me shit if i didn't pay attention <laughs> so like it kind of it kind of kept me honest as opposed to yeah what about the advice that I've heard, I don't know from who, but when you're trying to last longer, to think about things like football or, or non-sexual things, like take your focus off of her onto something else. Because I've definitely done that. I've done that before. Like, I'm, oh, I'm about to come. I got I to gotta last longer. So I start thinking about non-sexual things. Yeah, it's a good question because a lot of people, they have a very like mechanical view of sex. They think like, oh, um, if I feel good, I'm going to come, right? That makes sense. So if I feel better, if I feel anything, I'm going to come faster. And that's not the case. And we can get into the nuances in a second. But to address your question, um, I'd say, yeah, you could do that. Like if, And honestly, if like every time you sleep with your girl when she's about to come, you nut first and she's disappointed, do whatever. I mean, I'm not going to say don't think about baseball. If that's what has you last the extra minute, fine. But if you want like a really fulfilling sexual experience over time, I mean... If you're thinking about baseball, you're not there. And like this can sound kind of like a mystical thing, but I think most women, if they're honest and pay attention, would agree like they can feel when you're there or not. I mean, so many women complain about presence and like in sexuality, when you're physically touching someone, you can tell the difference between someone paying attention to the touch and not. Anyone can. Most people numb out that feedback so they don't think about it. But uh, you could also learn other ways to last longer and actually be there and like experience uh, the sensation that she's experiencing when she comes when you're inside of her or whatever the case is. Uh, so the baseball thing's not terrible. It's, if it's a good band-aid, it's good trading wheels. If like you, you really can't do anything else, you need something in the short term. But I think if you really want to invest in this as a skill for yourself and for the benefit of the women you're in bed with, there's other things you can learn.
By the way, man, if you're not already subscribed to this channel, click that subscribe button and ding that bell notification icon so you don't miss a thing. And leave us a comment down below. I'd love to know what you think about this video or just leave a comment about anything you want. It helps the YouTube algorithm. Plus, we love to read your comments. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, that, I, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. So it, before we get into like those, those sex techniques, um, so it sounds to me like one of the best ways to really work on being more present, more singular focus, less distracted, is to actually work on that in the bedroom, correct? Yeah, or anything relational, like even in a conversation with somebody where, well, I, I'll be specific, I think the best ways to practice are anything with emotional stakes with another person. If you can meditate on a mountain and like do that, great but honestly if, if that's the state you're in you probably don't, maybe don't care about this stuff or like you know like if you're having trouble paying attention or your attention is atrophied from porn or YouTube or whatever or clickbait whatever I mean when you're in the presence of a woman nothing's gonna keep or anybody it's, it's not, nothing's gonna keep you more honest than the feedback of a real person and if you're a straight guy who likes women what better thing to pay attention to like there's always something that you could become more interested in with anything but like if you're if you like to date women the most positive feedback you're gonna get is from paying attention to a woman I think unless there's something else that you really find you know that sensational then fine but I think people is it so when you say paying attention to her do you mean like reading her signals like she scratched the back of her neck maybe that's an indicator of interest or of nervousness from her things like that like Eye contact. We're, we're kind of talking about intuition now. Um, so, I mean, this has been written about a lot by like guys like Malcolm Gladwell and Dave Kahneman, like this ability to thin slice. Like one third of our brain is meant for reading emotional cues. That's why uh, we can read, you know, we're pack animals. We're supposed to be able to sync emotions really easily. So very simply, if you pay attention to a person, not even trying to like read them for a specific tell, but just like really pay attention to, it might start with details, like what their hands are doing. You might start noticing like eye, eye movement behaviors or anything, not even judging it, not trying to be like, oh, this hair touch means she's 66% more likely to kiss me. Like, no, don't, don't think about that. Just notice, right? Just notice, pay, your t pay attention. Like everyone knows what it means to pay attention. And then the other thing to notice is how you feel. So like if every time she accidentally bumps into you like, and you notice like that's the third time she bumped into me. I don't know what it means, but I'm getting a little aroused. There's a really good chance that that's, she's giving you some sexual cue and maybe if you had a video camera, you can see exactly what it is. But the cool thing is you don't actually need to know how to do all those things because our limbic system of our brain can read what she's doing and tell you what it means by feeling. Like you pay attention to someone long enough, you're gonna sync up emotions. That's kind of like why if you watch a public speaker and they're nervous, it feels like gross. It could, why? Because you pay attention to them, they're now making you feel nervous and no one likes to feel nervous. You pay attention to someone who's confident, it doesn't matter what they're talking about, you feel confident just paying attention to that guy because our emotional state sinks. So if you're paying attention to a woman and you're starting to feel like pulling away, maybe, you're, maybe you said something by accident that turned her off. Maybe there's something you did. If you start noticing, I don't know why, but I really feel like stepping into her space maybe a little bit closer than seems okay, but I keep getting that feeling not to say that that 100% means that you should step closer to her, but there's a pretty good chance if, unless you're a sociopath, if your limbic system works, those cues mean something. And like, if you're totally numbed out, 
the first times you start listening to your feelings from what you get from paying attention to a person, they might be a little off. Like your emotional calibration might be rusty. But if you if you test it in a safe way, like you don't just go around grabbing tits because you thought that might be interesting. But you're like you're like oh like I'll I'll step a little bit closer. Let's see what the feedback is. Is positive. You can learn how to trust and like it's not hard to regain because it's, it's a God given. It's a nature given ability to read people. Like when you get that ability back, you can have maybe not a hundred percent accurate uh, confidence, but maybe. 98% confidence that when you feel like kissing her, she's giving you a signal to kiss her, and then you don't have to worry about rejection for the most part. Yeah, I always tell guys that, they always say, when's the right time to kiss her? It's usually when you start thinking about, hmm, should I kiss her? Right, because you're feeling that, you're like, oh wait, there's some sexual tension here. So what, what about guys that would say they get stuck in their head? Right? Like you're saying all these things like pay attention to your body, pay attention, you know, what she's doing and just, you know, noticing things. But what about guys that are just like worried about what to say or what to do next? They're, maybe they're trying to be in touch with her and, and themselves, how they're feeling, but they're, they keep going back to their head. Yeah. Uh, I would focus on what you can control. So like, let's say a basic example. Uh, you're too afraid to speak to women and like obviously in the in the presence of a woman you'd be so overloaded with all that stimuli that like you just spaz out and like you can't pop, like you can't read any cues like your your attention spans this big she's giving you this much information obviously you fry if you can get okay with maybe not going all the way into that interaction yet because your attention span will grow pretty quickly it's like it's regaining an ability right um, I'd focus on what you can control so like Maybe you go to the, the club or the bar or, or the party, wherever you are, and you don't try to talk to someone right away if you know that you're in your head because maybe you're, maybe you're hiding by the drinks and like at least you're in a situation where you, you can control your mind because the stimulation is not too high. Focus on feeling your body. Feel your body in that situation. And then it's kind of like a strength principle. You solidify that gain, the next level of emotional tension will be groundable or handleable. Right, and then you keep moving up, and like uh, the gains can be quick. I mean, you 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 practice this enough times with people. After a while, like it's not a long time before you become very comfortable in high tension. It's just consistency. I like that, and and I like the idea of practicing at the club, like you mentioned too. I feel like that would be a really high intense environment with a lot of distractions. So if you can. Focus on yourself, what's going on with you, and then when you actually do talk to a woman or really anybody, and you're and you're really like focused on them, and you can tune everything out, all the chaos, all the lights, and the music, and the people, and just be focused on her, like you create that bubble. That can be really arousing and and you know connecting for for both of you. I love just walking up in the club, and I'm in that deep feeling state and I don't even I don't even say anything to her I just walk up and I, I look at her for like 20 seconds in the eye and you just catch her in this kind of like trance and you, you build this bubble and then any just simple things you say after that are coming completely from your feeling it's like a mm -hmm. way to it's like a way to open up that feeling in that bubble state like right away um, I can't remember where I learned that from I learned that years ago but it's one of my favorite ways to approach. It's the most intense because uh, when you start practicing that, your mind is trying to get you out of the tension. It's like, don't do this. Don't do this. She's going to freak out or she's going to expect you to say something. And you kind of just learn to drop those thoughts, right? 
That's what mm-hmm. I love about approaching is when you are practicing that focus, you're, you're literally learning how to just draw and let go of uh, what you I love teaching things how to do, especially even with the approach, right? To go and meditate on the stuff that got stirred up. And that's going to knock out the, the subconscious and, and have those uh, overwhelming emotions that cause you to have, you know, feminine-like diffuse awareness when you're approaching, which, you know, she'll never pick up. Yeah, I remember when you were meditating in the club in, I think it was Chicago. It was a tough night. Cause, yeah, because you, you got kind of in your head or, or something happened and then you just like went off and, and meditated for like a while, like 20 minutes, more maybe. And just like tuned everything out. It was cool. That night in particular, remember when I, uh, I, I did that, that line trick? I, I, do this, I do this thing. I learned it from a, a TV show, I forget. But when there's a really long line at the club, I, uh, I go to the back of the line. I took students. We were doing the New York boot camp last year um, at this really long line. It wrapped like around the block. It would have been like an hour and a half at least. And, and I said, follow me. I was like, hey, Mike, Mike. And I just like, kept walking through the line and we, we cut the line in maybe like a minute and a half it was hilarious but i tried that in chicago and these two big buff guys like completely blocked me uh and they they wanted to fight me and that was where i used that that grounding that presence that awareness there were these two like big jack black guys like yo you want to f around i don't know youtube algorithm that was <laughs> um <laughs> and and I, I i dropped right into my body and i looked at them i was like guys we're out here to have fun and because I was so calm, they just completely, it, it completely dissolved their anger, their, their challenging me. And like, you know what, man, you're right, you're right, but you can't go in front of us. I was like, okay, that's cool, that's fair. <laughs> but that, after that, I was like, it was tough, man. But yeah, it's just, uh, like you are saying, even, even in situations with other men, the more grounded man wins, right? If you're, I've been in, in several situations where it was getting aggressive. It might have even gotten into a fight. And because I was more grounded and I was more calm and I was more solid, the, the other guy ended up chilling out, right? So, so like you're saying, yeah, it's, it's such an important life skill all across the board to be able to develop that focus. One of my favorite ways, by the way, is candle gazing. I'm teaching this to our students in our new inner transformation program on Shakeable. So they're doing candle gazing every day to start to build their focus. And it really helps with uh, inner work as well. It helps. Is that when you just fo- basically focus on the light for 10 minutes? On the light of the candle for yep. 10 minutes and you drop all thoughts. Uh, and it's very powerful. I like to do something similar where I put something above a TV or my computer, like a penny, something small, and then play like MTV or something that's you know has a lot going on cartoons <laughs> and then just focus on that object for 10 minutes while you know that distraction is happening Gangster. that's way that's way more intense right because you have that distraction that's cool i want to try mm-hmm. that so basically what it what it comes down to what it sounds like it comes down to uh ruan is being grounded right like this concept of being distracted by everything and not being focused is not being grounded but when you are focused you're like the rock, right? You're, you're focused on what's going on when, <clears throat> in front of you with the beautiful woman or when shit hits the fan and there's tension in the environment, whether it's a guy being hostile or, you know, whatever, an earthquake or a terrorist attack, whatever it might be, that you're not 
in chaos. You're not letting that, you know, everything around you like, oh, what do I do? You're just like, okay, focus. Got to get out of here. Got to protect my girl and get shit done. Get the hell out of here or fight this dude or, or calm this dude down or, or whatever it is, which really makes you attractive. I mean, it's, it's masculine. A masculine man is grounded. He's focused and he's attractive. So pretty much everything you've said is to become more masculine and thus more attractive. Yeah, because I think it's important to know what's the purpose of groundedness. It's not like, you know, I grew up thinking, a lot of people think like, oh, like a real man doesn't have emotions. Like you look at the face of like a John Wayne or something, but it's, it's not that. It's that those dudes have such a huge capacity for attention. This is a sexual application to this, obviously. Like, they can handle so much sensation that someone, a bouncer can yell at someone, like with Jules, or like, like a woman can be like in the throes of orgasm, or there can be some crisis, or there can be whatever, a war, and he has such a huge capacity that doesn't cause his like face to spaz out, doesn't cause his uh, body language to like go crazy, or for him to lose connection with the ground. Like, he can actually just handle all of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think we're going to talk about arousal control eventually. Like that's basically the the skill of like if you can handle a lot of sensation, maybe you don't have to think about the baseball because you can handle the arousal you're getting off of her. You can you can shoot up to you know ten and eleven on the scale and still be able to hold it in your body without uh, discharging your capacitor. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of applications for this. I like that. So let's talk about arousal control and sexual alchemy. I don't even know what that means. Can you explain that first? Uh, arousal control is basically being able to control your arousal. I mean, uh, it goes by other names. People are calling it uh, semen retention or ejaculation control. Um, I'm calling it arousal control because, as I've been mentioning, I think the application is a lot larger than just not coming too soon. It's, uh, as we were mentioning, your ability to handle tension. If you can handle the tension of a woman in high arousal and you can handle your high sensation for an unlimited amount of time, you could probably handle a lot of things in life. Uh, same physical skill. It's like, does your body contract and tense in the response to a stimulus or can you feel a lot and still just be chill? Um, and sexual alchemy is kind of a mystical term. Like uh, alchemy is the idea of turning lead into gold or philosophically it's like taking your base uh, base emotions or base uh, experience and turning it to something more valuable. Um, so there's some applications if you can prolong sexual uh, sexual stimulation, you can use that arousal for positive effects emotionally, creatively, intellectually. Is sexual alchemy basically transforming your emotions or trans transforming her emotions into sexual emotions? Well, I would say the other way around. It's transforming your sexual arousal into something you can do with it. And like, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell a story. I mean, I was studying uh, Matak Shia's work for a long time and he teaches a lot of the physical components of drawing the energy out of your genitals and up your spine. And uh, for a long time that was kind of confusing to me even though I was doing a lot of those practices, I was doing a lot of sexual stuff, I was practicing it, but I, I didn't really get like the whole, uh, like past a certain point in my body, I couldn't feel arousal move. I didn't really know what he was talking about. And um, I was getting head from this woman once upon a time. And, uh, and I noticed, I don't know why this happened this time and not other times, but I noticed that as I started to come, 
I wanted to laugh. And that seemed like a very bizarre thing. And honestly, I probably had felt like doing that before, but I thought it would be too goofy or like I didn't want her to think like, what the fuck's this guy doing, uh, you know, laughing while I'm giving him head or something. But for this time, for some reason, I just let it fly. And it, whatever, I don't, she maybe thought it was a little weird. But I noticed the level of joy I felt was higher than, it just didn't make sense to me. And like, essentially my model for understanding here is that I took this raw emotion or this raw sensation at the base level, our reptilian nervous system processes feeling as sensation, pleasure, obviously, you know, sexual, it's like a raw thing you could feel in your body, but it's localized, right? Like, um, emotion is the next level of that where your mammalian brain is now processing the same stimulus, but now at a more nuanced level, emotion is a little more complex than sensation. So that's like a, a very simple trans transmutation, you know, uh, arousal gave me the giggles right and like you can see this like with women like if you ever given a woman a, or seen a woman have a big orgasm and she starts crying it's a very similar thing that happens a little more naturally with women because their uh, sensation to emotion connection their genital heart connection maybe is a little more open than most guys but like that in itself is a transmutation you're taking this raw material of arousal and turning it into joy and then you can take it higher levels to creativity and like expansive thinking and mental well-being um, all off of this positive sensation uh, from our lower body. I, yeah, I had a, I have a story from a few months ago, actually, with a partner that I was with. We, uh, we had probably, probably had sex for probably like three and a half, almost four hours one night. And every time I would, I would get close, I would stop. And I would just get her to kind of caress my body and help me absorb the energy more. And it got to the point where like something broke inside of me. And for about 45 minutes, grief would come up and then I would hysterically laugh and then more grief and then hysterical laughter. And then eventually it turned into probably the last 15 minutes of just ecstatic hysterical laughter. And like my body's just like going like this and like moving and stuff. It was, uh, it was phenomenal. I've had several of those. What did she think of that? Oh, she's, she was, uh, she was uh, woke. Like she wasn't, <laughs> she who knows about this stuff. And also when I have a partner after the first couple of times I communicate to them, this kind of stuff that I practice, you may see things like I'll have an orgasm and I'll just hysterically be laughing and just like, <laughs> my body will be like out of control for like even like five or 10 minutes. And uh, I was like, so don't take offense to it. It's actually a very good thing. Okay. Just enjoy it. Um, I've never really had a problem. I, I just communicate that I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm going to be very different than probably all of the men you've ever had sex with basically. And uh, it's fun because then they challenge that. So I have a question then Ruan, does that mean when you're having sex or you're being intimate with someone that whatever comes up emotionally, energetically, you should just go with it versus like suppressing it? Because I'm, I'm sure a lot of guys, I'm, I'm sure myself have felt certain things, whether it's laughter or, or whatever during sex and just like kind of pushed it back down. I was like, no, this isn't really appropriate right now. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to most impulses, when you suppress them, there typically is something not good that happens. I mean, it's kind of like a basic psychological idea. Um, yeah, and like when it comes to feeling states, I'll actually say like the whole reason why I got into sexuality was that from for various reasons, I had gotten so into my head and gotten so used to suppressing instincts 
that it actually made me impotent. Like I was 23, I was physically healthy, my hormones were normal, the urologist said I was fine. But for like a year, I was dependent on Viagra because I couldn't, I was just so cut off from my sensations that my body literally numbed out because I was numbing out my emotions so much. And that's what got me into this whole thing, like over this process of like sensitizing my body, but also learning how to feel my impulses and listen to small desires. That's how I got my mojo back and then and then some. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would, like, there's, there's no reason to not. I mean, like, what, like, what's the worst that would happen? She thinks less of you? Like, like do you want to cater to that or do you want to express yourself is the question. Like, no one's getting hurt by you laughing. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, and, and anything. And, like, whether you're in a relationship or there's a one-night stand or whatever, like, a, a good woman will get it eventually, even if they think it's weird. Like, I'll say, like, Anytime I do MDMA and I have sex the next day, I always cry. I can't help it. I don't know, serotonin dump, I have no idea. But like, it's just a thing that I expect and it just happens and I could talk about it with the person before or afterwards. And, you know, these are just feelings. Like, this is why humans exist. This is why we connect. So like, why suppress that? I like that. That makes a lot of sense. What are some other arousal control techniques or just ways of that a man can be better in bed and please his woman. Yeah, so one of the basic uh, physical sides of this uh, is being able to draw the sensation out of your genitals, which I know can probably sound like crazy to some people, um, but if you just consider that, if you pay attention to any body part, you will start to notice sensations more. Just like we were talking about in the beginning, like you pay attention to something, you feel more of it, it even if it's connected to you, especially if it's connected to you. and. Um, the sensation of arousal, most of us when we're having sex or being sexually stimulated, we all, it, like, it stays localized in our genitals. And if you can draw that sensation out of your genitals, whether it's up your spine the way you know Taoist and Tantra people teach or like just anywhere out of your body, um, you're, preventing your, uh, you're preventing that from getting saturated to the point where you can't control it. It's like you're spreading it out rather than having it you know, um, get too hot in one spot. So. The, the technique I teach guys in the beginning who maybe I just don't know how to start is if you feel sim sexual stimulation by yourself with a partner so you can actually see or you can recognize like, oh, I feel like sensation in my dick. Like that's where it is. I can feel it. It's very clear. Uh, you can imagine attaching a color to it, golden, light, red, whatever, purple, it doesn't matter. And then do your best to feel, just imagine that like substance moving into your body and up your spine, like into your sacrum, up your tailbone, for instance. And at first you might not be sure if it's in your head or not. You might just be faking it. You might just be imagining the golden light move. But eventually you will start to notice that that sensation starts to diffuse into your body. Now it's spreading out instead of just being in this one spot. And if you imagine that like, you have a balloon in your sexual capacity and it, once it's full, it pops, meaning you come. If you can just make the balloon bigger, obviously you could fill more air if air is sensation. So like, that's the, the basic idea. Like if a guy can just like, pull it out of his genitals so it's not, it's not just localized there, he'll last longer, he'll feel better, he might feel it in his whole body. When he does come, if he chooses to come or whatever, he'll feel it like a whole body orgasm or more of his body rather than just like a genital sneeze. And actually, uh, my alternate tip to people who want to, who want to, like, uh, who normally uh, think of baseball stats to come, like, forget about all this stuff if it's too complicated for you. I, I basically tell guys, if you're about to come, think about your hands and your feet. 
like still pay attention to the woman. Just notice what your palms feel like. Notice what your feet feel like. Just noticing that will draw the sensation to your extremities. The hands and feet only because of the farthest thing from your dick. You just think about that. Still have sex. Still pay attention to your body. Still pay attention to her. But just notice your hands and feet. It'll be almost like you're spreading out the sensation to your entire physical body instead of you know however big your dick is. And that almost always will help a guy last at least a few minutes longer. I like that. I'm definitely going to try that. Instead of thinking about baseball or, you know, whatever, like trying to think of something non-sexual, like that way you're still in the moment, but you're focusing on your own body. I like that, right? So that way she, you, you stay connected with her and at the same time, you're lasting longer. And it sounds like not only are you lasting longer, but the pleasure would get more intense because it's not just in that one spot. It's just not on your dick. It's throughout your body now. Yeah, and when the pleasure increases for you, it should be easier for you to pay attention. Like, we would, we would assume, if you like what's going on. So like, yeah, that means a win-win-win across the board. What about lasting too long? Is that such a thing? Because I've heard women say that if the guy lasts too long, <clears throat> that she starts to wonder like, what's wrong? Why can't I make him finish? And she starts like getting in her head thinking like, okay, like, am I not good enough? Am I not hot enough that he can't come? Yeah, I mean, there's two things in there. I mean, the first thing is, like, what, what Julian was mentioning, like, expectations. Like, if you just tell her, like, I don't come every time, not about you, like, she'll get it, right? It, it can be hard with some women, especially if they've only had sex with guys who are only having sex like they learn from porn. They might think that something's wrong. Just got to explain it to them. It's a simple conversation. Um, but there's another thing in there with, like, and I've heard this from women in like the Tantra world or anything like they're, they're with guys and like they're done after X amount of time. They're done after an hour. But this guy wants to keep going and going and going. And I'd actually say, I mean, there's something if that is the case where two people are so far off in what they want, they're not connected. And he maybe he learned some physical techniques to last longer uh, or maybe he's on Viagra or he's on something. But like if if he if you really want to do something and she really doesn't then you're definitely not connected this goes for anything sexual or even pre-sexual so like cuz like if you're if you're really tuned into a woman and she's the type of woman that say after she orgasms she just doesn't want to be touched like there's some women who who come like that like they just don't they don't they're not multi-orgasmic they're just not into it if you're with a woman like that and you feel her orgasm if you really are tuned in, you're probably, your erection is probably going to go down a little bit or your, your sensation is going to go down because you're responding to her arousal. And if her, if her arousal is gone or if the sensation doesn't feel good to her, her if you're tuned into her, it's not going to feel as good to you. It doesn't mean you, you want exactly the same thing. Um, but like if she's satisfied and done with it and you really want to keep going, then something, someone's not, like you guys are not on the same page. And the beauty is when you learn how to connect and intuit and tune into someone, for the most part, you end up wanting the same things in the same moments just about. Um, and that's like one of the beauty of connected sex. Like you don't have to really worry about doing something for her versus for me. If you're really connected, they become almost the same thing. Yeah, you said, <laughs> you said a lot of good things there, man. It's like, wow. Okay, is it possible for guys to be multi-orgasmic or is that only for women? Uh, it is something that men are capable of. Um, I mean, Matak Chia talks about this a lot and his programs are designed for that. Um, I have had multiple orgasms. It's not something that occurs for me often. Um, but yeah, it is possible. Uh, it is possible through 
uh, you, you can learn how to separate ejaculation from orgasm in a way that you have the wave of pleasure without the contraction that comes afterwards because they're not exactly the same thing. And even for a guy who's who has regular sex, you'll notice the wave of pleasure comes maybe right before the first contraction or maybe you feel a little bit more between contraction one, contraction two. Let's say you have eight contractions when you come. The last six, they don't have, they're not an orgasm anymore. They're just like, there's you expelling fluid. And maybe that has like a visual appeal or like a, you know, you associate that with pleasure, but that in itself doesn't actually feel good. So if you can learn how to separate them a little bit, you can have that wave without coming. Um, and then you can, I mean, as long as you don't ejaculate, you won't go into a refractory period so you can continue. Do you think that's a, an important thing to learn, like an important skill during sex or not so much? I haven't found it to be like the something I really want to prioritize. It, it does take work. It does take a lot of practice. Um, however, you know, I'm, I'm a younger guy. Guys I know who study the same thing who are like over 40 all say like, you got to learn how to do this because after 40, nutting just takes too much out of you. And I can't speak to that myself. So, um, but I, I mean, I've heard from older people that is a good skill to have for sure. Yeah, I've only been able to do it once or twice. It was kind of like by accident. It just happened. Like, Whoa, that was cool. Like all this pleasure throughout the body without actually coming. So it'd, be, it'd definitely be cool to learn how to do it more. Well, Ruan, man, this has been really valuable. Where can guys learn more? Yeah, well, the best way is to go to arousalcontrolsecrets.com. Uh, I have some free training there, which will go over a lot of the fundamentals we talked about, uh, understanding your uh, sensational capacity, understanding the principles of reinvesting arousal rather than spending it, rather than saving it like nofap guys do. And we actually go through some of the the physical exercises, I break it down a little more step by step than we talked about here to actually learn how to draw that energy into your body for obviously the purpose of uh, lasting long in the bedroom, but as we've been speaking about, the applications go far beyond lasting long. They go into your ability to handle tension, your ability to be a good lover even out of the bedroom, your ability to focus your mind, your ability to handle your feelings, which applies to everything. And um, yeah, that, that can be uh, accessed at arousalcontrolsecrets.com. There you have it, guys. Make sure to check out Ruan and learn more by clicking the link in the description. I appreciate you guys listening to the Attractive Man podcast. Make sure to leave us a review. We really appreciate your reviews. It helps us out so much. Again, I'm Matt Artisan with Coach Jules Bia. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Cheers.